Welcome back, everybody. This is Sarcasm Speaks. It's Jared and Bob. It's a Saturday matinee coming at you. And it's also probably the first time we've recorded it in like two weeks, roughly. I don't know. Whatever. Time is something. Time doesn't make sense to me anymore either. Uh, so we had uh, a couple a couple of things. Well, not a couple of things. Just one thing, really, uh, that happened in between the last time we actually recorded and today. Um, we went to Saratoga Springs in New York for my bachelor party. And uh, overall, I would say it was a great time. Uh, the trend continued where I got way too fucking hammered on the first night uh, and then wanted nothing to do with alcohol on the second day. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, people don't change. No, no, not at all. Um, so, but we played a couple rounds of golf. Uh, so Thursday, the first day we got there, we played at Saratoga National, which we had actually previewed on one of the shows. I forget which one it was. I don't know if it was the last one that aired or the one before. I don't know. Like I said, time doesn't make sense, but we did preview it uh, on one of the episodes before we left. And it was probably, I would say, one of, if not the best like maintained course and well-kept. I mean, it's, it's up there with Newport national, right? Like it's, and I haven't played the caliber of courses that you have. Yeah. Um, but I would say <clears throat> Saratoga and Newport are probably the two nicest courses I've ever played. Um, when it comes to like layout and also like, how does it look? Um, I might give Newport national a little bit of an edge just because it is kind of like right there on the ocean. And it does add like a little bit of a feel to it. I thought you can't see the ocean. Wasn't that like, wasn't that one of the things like the fucking guy ahead of us in line was like, oh, oh can you see the ocean? And guys like, no, I think there's only like one hole. You can like see it in the distance, but like, I don't know that. Like I said, they were both pretty cool. Um, but also probably the most difficult course I've played in my entire life. Yeah, uh, I can't think of a harder course that I've ever played. And like yes. I said, Newport wasn't easy, but like, I don't remember getting absolutely fucking annihilated by Newport. So. I actually think I played pretty well at Newport. Did I make a birdie? I might've dude. I, so I don't, I barely remember Newport national. You, you played it again, though. I only played it the once. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's right. I did play it twice. <clears throat> um, so the big thing with Saratoga National, well, so in the way I would put it, I would put it in the category of top daily fee course in a given state. So um, Massachusetts, it's Pine Hills, uh, Rhode Island, it's Newport National, upstate New York is Saratoga. It is not a private course it is not a professional or elite amateur course so it's not beth page black um it fits more of a premier daily fee golf course <clears throat> um and a couple of the things that made it so hard and uh, as I told you guys on the way up, I read half a book before we got there. <laughs> People um, forget. I have since finished that book. Ah, nice. Um, 
which is the four foundations of golf by John Sherman. So if you want to improve at the game of golf and you don't want to worry about technique or technical or what is my wrist doing or any of that bullshit, which I think most people don't need. Right. Um, it's a really good book. Um, re- recommend. So one thing that he was talking about and I was at work on this. So this was the Wednesday and he was talking about like strategy and GPS and courses and all that crap. So I'm like, well, I'm sitting here. It's kind of loud in the gym. I don't feel like reading anymore. Let me GPS out Saratoga national. So from the T's and I, and again, I, I haven't, I, I've used Google earth before to map out courses. Why the fuck I haven't used it for every course. I don't know. And it's fucking, <laughs> I'm so fucking annoyed because the theme of my competitive events this year has been shit is happening in tournaments that just doesn't happen when I play regularly. Yeah, And I think a lot of it has to do with strategy because I don't know the courses and I get myself into trouble and right. fairway bunkers. Like, right. I think that's part of my strategy or I think strategy is a big part of the reason I'm struggling competitively this year. So I pulled up, I, I went onto Google earth and pulled up Saratoga national and I don't even know how many drivers I hit all day. Five. Like I didn't hit that many drivers. No, you didn't. And I was hitting five irons, hybrids. I don't think I was teeing up any six irons or anything, but, um, but like even the par fives, it was five iron, seven iron wedge or hybrid seven iron wedge. Like, like I had the whole place mapped out. And the thing that I noticed off the GPS is, where I would land a driver, there was generally always a hazard. And everything kind of pinches. Now, it doesn't just pinch with rough. It pinches with hazard, like right. high, swampy, meadowy hazard. So not only do you have bunkers all over the place, you have actual lateral hazards, red staked hazards everywhere. So there were a couple holes where it required you to hit 190 off the tee, 160 into the green, like, like things like that, which doesn't happen a ton. There was also a lot of forced carries. So par threes were a little bit long and you had to cover it over the hazard the whole way. Right. And if you did cover the hazard, there was a bunker short of the green. So it's like <clears throat> with Saratoga National, it was a it was a very targety course. Mm-hmm. And it was it was targety with hazards, not just trees. So if you were off or wayward, you weren't punching through cheap trees, you were dropping. You were dead. And, and, and yeah. that's that's how it felt the whole time. Yeah. Um, I lost 10 balls in that round. I haven't lost 10 balls in a round probably since early last year. (laughs) Or maybe even the year before. Like, I don't, I truthfully don't remember the last time I've ever lost 10 balls in a round. Yeah. Um, but that's, 
and that's why with like when we were sitting here talking and like we because we were talking about the yardages and like the yardage gap was a little crazy because it was yeah. like 54 to 62 or 55 or 56 and it's like that ah, it's just a little short yeah. but it's like that should have been the play the whole time it should have been up right. a little bit um because just looking at that slope rating which we're not going to get into a whole slope rating talk i saw that it was high and like i knew like with that much of a slope at that distance, it's like, this is going to be a fucking hard golf course. <clears throat> yeah. So that was uh, probably a little bit poor planning, especially with the, like, especially because I did GPS the fucking thing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I didn't think much of it because from, from GPS, it's hard to see like where all like, like, like when you like you miss the fairway, you have a little bit of rough, but it's like it's just you can't tell that you're off the property. That was also one of the first times I've played a course that had like legitimate, like sticky rough. So that's something that like I've heard like when they say when they talk on like PGA broadcast or whatever, they're like, oh, the rough is sticky. And I'm like, okay, I kind of get it, but I don't think I've ever experienced it. And that I experienced it there. It was like, if you were in the rough, it wasn't like you need to make good contact or you need to club up. It was like, you need to make good contact and also take two clubs more. Like it, it, the, the penalty for being in the rough was higher than I think I, any course I've ever played at. Like it was, it was sticky. Like now well, I understand what that means when they say it on the broadcast. So I, I will also just to like, so we, it wasn't Bermuda. Like, I don't know who's listening and if anyone knows that, like, so Bermuda literally like, like if you, so if you like put your hand, like if you're chipping and you put your hands forward. Mm -hmm. So like the, what that's called like leading edge into the ground and you like just try to chip like that, the club literally gets stuck if you're going into the green on Bermuda. That's why like people talk about bounce and all that crap. So this stuff, yeah, a little bit thick, a little bit stickier than like, you know, some of the stuff we play in normally. I don't know what it was. Um, I'm not doing grass types to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was uh, Eastern blue fescue. <laughs> but, th but, that, but that's where like, again, a little bit of strategy comes into play because... Um, so if you take, oh geez, remember remember the disconnected par five that was yeah. like pretty long. We were smoking the cigars on. Yep. So the next hole was a par four. It turned a little bit right, and me and you both drove over by the bunker on the left. Yes. So I tried to pull seven iron and get it to the green, and all it did was fucking gobble my club up, and yeah. I ended up in the right bunker. Yep. So that's like a little bit of again knowing strategy and situational awareness where. The play was probably just to take a wedge, get as much loft on the fucking thing, hit it as close to the green as you can without bringing the bunker into play. Right. And then just trying to chip up and, and try to try to get up, try to get up and down. Yeah. No, because if you if you if you lay it up and you get up and down, it's still par or Not true. Yeah. If yeah. you lay it up short and chip it on and two putt, it's a five. Like get out right. of there. Right. And yeah, like trying to get out of that. Like that was like the one real shot that like I really struggled with. And it was just like, it fucking took my fucking seven iron and threw it so fucking far to the right. Yeah. 
and short. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it was for. It was tough. Like I said, it was probably one of, if not the hardest course I've ever played on. Um, but Friday we played and not just you and I, but I think all around the four of us, everyone played fucking pretty damn good. Uh, I made two birdies for the first time ever in a round. Uh, albeit one of them has an asterisk, but whatever. I don't care. I'm not good enough for that bullshit. Um, we were fucking piping the ball. There was like a four hole stretch. Yeah, where, it was the back. Where every single one of us in the foursome hit it like a minimum of like 270. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was 10, 11, 13, 14. It was yeah. insane. Yeah. It was, uh, it was wild. I, I just, I just, I, I just really love that Vinny can go from bare, barely making contact with the golf ball to hitting it ba- 300 barely yards. making it to now. Okay. So this hole is short. So it was two seven. So we, so the, the 10th hole at this course, it was uh, Eagle Crest and Clifton park, New York. So it was two seventy in the middle of the green me. So me and him both hit driver. We both hit it good right in line with the green. Our balls ended up right next to each other. 33 yards long of the pin. So right. we both, we, we both hit a drive fucking three Oh three. Right. Then the very next hole, I probably only tagged him by about, I don't know, 10 yards. So 260, 250 we're talking. Yep. yep. <clears throat> and then he outdrove all of us on the, after the par three, the hole going out, he yep. hit that one like 280. Yep. Um, then there then was, go, a, there then, was one that he hit like 310. Uh, it might have been I, downhill. So the but. ten, the the tenth hole was was uh, that was three oh three. That's like the that that was the longest one of the day that I actually had an actual number on. I could have also been a little off because I was just using my GPS like drop yeah. dot things. Yeah. So um, because the three oh three was downhill, a little bit downwind. Mm-hmm. I, I so slightly downhill, not a lot. We weren't hitting yeah. off a cliff. Slightly downhill, slightly downwind, and we would be landing it close to, if not on the green. So yeah. that's why it ran out as far as it did, probably. Um, and then the the par five up the hill that no one knew was a par five except me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, everyone fucking bombed it there too. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, it's just, it's fucking crazy that he can go from barely making contact to the, the ball to having an actual, real, legitimate performance of like zero handicap equivalent driving. Yeah. Yeah. On four straight driver holes. Right. Cause and not I, only, I'm, I'm not, I'm not fucking kidding. I'm not, not only was it that flirting with 300 yards, but it was dead fucking straight. That's the thing. He hit four straight fairways or except for the green that we both drove over. Right. And each drive was between 250 and 300 yards. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the average male drives the ball two and a quarter. No, that might be the average scratch golfer drives the ball two and a quarter. So if you hit a 250 to 300 yards in the fairway, you are gaining strokes on a zero handicap. Right. But as we start the round, we don't know if the ball's if he's even going to hit it. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> never, I have never, ever seen such a dispersion 
<laughs> in result in my entire life. Cause like there's people who might like not hit the ball. And then when they do, it's like two and a quarter slice, right? Rough. It's like, yeah, no, this, this guy was either going to miss or he was going to hit a remarkable drive. It was insane. I mean, he also, the, the distance he carries with his wedges is just unbeknownst. No. So, so here, here's the issue. Cause I rode with him all day. So I knew his yardage is whatever he, he can only take a full swing. Right. Well, yeah. So all of those, all of those wedges that they all went between 80 and 90 yards with a 60, which isn't crazy. But the problem is whether he had 90, 75, 60, 45, whatever yardage he had, he took a full swing with the club. Yeah. I even tried to trick him into not and it didn't work. So, well, there was the par three where he hit, granted it was downhill, but he hit a 56 degree wedge, like 105 yards. Yeah. And I was that, like, what the fuck, dude? Like I, I hit my 56, like if I hit it good and it's a full swing, like 85 yards. Yeah. So the, the, it, it's funny because what, like what really determines like how far you hit a golf ball? It, there's a few things. Obviously there's the raw physical ability to swing the club. So whatever right. your actual real like swing speed is, which for Vinny, his swing speed's probably always there because he always tries to hit it as hard as he can. Yeah. <laughs> whether he hits it or not, it's a different story, or whether he launches it 30 yards over the green, again, different right. story. Right. Now, and I'll tell Bill this, if Bill, if you're listening, sometimes Bill stops swinging the club. And yeah. that's why, like, he'll hit a ball that might only go, like, 180 and right. But when he swings it, he hits it within like because there was one where i mean he was down the left trees but he was like five yards behind me yeah and he actually swung that and it didn't go right it actually kind of went straight and turned over and then i think on the next hole i think he hit another one off the center of the club face yeah but he also like relaxed and just started swinging right now you can't now it's hard to do that at saratoga national when all you see is hazards but whatever right um so like when bill actually just swings the swing speed is there so, Bill, that's your tip. Sometimes you stop swinging. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're listening. Um, and then there's strike quality. So, where you, and I threatened to stab you, I believe, for, for out driving me. Uh, about three, three or four, three or four. All three of you have the raw ability to swing the golf club harder than me. All of you, each and every one of you, you're all bigger than me. Like you guys all way more than me. You guys all have way more of a strength training background than me. Even Vinny, like even whatever the fuck he did in high school <laughs> yeah, was good yeah. enough. Like, right, I swear right. to God, it was good enough. Um, so from a, a raw physical ability, strength and power ability, all of you should hit the ball further than me. The only reason I can hit the ball further than you guys is because I generally hit it better, hit it close to the center of the club face. And that's why when you square one up or if any squares one up, it's probably going past me. So that's like, that's why, like, and, and that's like the funny thing to see 
by the 10th hole is like when you guys actually like unleashed on the ball or actually it's not even unleashed. Cause it's just when you guys actually hit it and actually right. got like a little, like warmed up and ready to go. Like the ball goes. Yeah. The front, we were battling crippling hangovers. Like it, it was bad when we pulled in. I mean, granted we went to a diner, which in hindsight, wasn't the greatest idea to eat a diner breakfast before, but yeah, you know, I don't think that helped anyone. Yeah. But it was one of those, like, I don't know, we're all fucking dead. We're hung over. We have to go golf. Like, was just eat food and then go from there. Um, the 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 front I played okay. I think I, I, struck, I that was the other thing too. I broke ninety for the first time ever, um, like on a par seventy two course. Like I said it to you, I've done it before at Chamawa, but Chamawa is like a par sixty eight or whatever it is. So, um, but the front was like a little bit of a struggle. I think for most of us. <laughs> so I opened the front, birdie. And then with from 80 yards, I bladed a wedge over the green. So I made double there. Yeah. And then I birdied the next. So even through three. With two birdies and a double. And a skull fuck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I parred the rest of the front. Yeah. No, I birdied. No, 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 that's not true. That is not even fucking true. I bogeyed a par three with a very long putt. You and I were in similar spots. And then I birdied nine because I hit four iron, four iron. I was even. I was even through the front. Yeah. Yeah. With some with a three putt, a bladed wedge, and three birdies. Yeah. <laughs> so um. Yeah, I mean, like I felt okay. I, I probably felt the best out of everybody. Um, not great, but right. Like my head, yeah, my fucking head was pounding. Again, the best out of all of us sets a pretty fucking low bar. Yeah, you know and it's mean? like it doesn't I mean act, good. <laughs> like, and I actually had like food and water with me. Right, right. Like I actually ate my breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> like, I took like three sips of my coffee and was like, I can't drink that. I'm well, I didn't even get up. one. I yeah. I knew that wasn't gonna work. I didn't even get a coffee. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, and the funny thing too is it's like the front wasn't like remarkably harder or easier. I don't think. I thought it was pretty pretty straightforward all the way through. Yeah. I would say. Well, maybe the back's just... maybe the back's a little easier. I don't know. Like, so um the back had two holes that were like 270 to the middle of the green. And they played differently, so it was a little, like, whatever. And, you know, I drove over one and just short of the other. I was right next to you on that other one on the back. Mm -hmm. And I made par on both of those. Like, I drove it green side yeah. and made par on both. So it's like, yeah, okay, it's, you know, you get to, you get to drive it green side, but how good are you at hitting a... 35 yard pitch right into a green with a giant ridge and the pin is just over the ridge yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like even myself i probably left it 10 feet short yeah missed, missed the putt well that was the cool thing about that course is that the layout wasn't overly difficult but the greens kind of like made you think a little bit I think there was enough, like just enough there. Yeah. Like it wasn't, I mean, don't like, get me wrong. Like it wasn't if all, bad. if the greens were all completely flat, then it would no, have been like, weren't. 
it would have been like, all right, like, yeah, whatever. But it was, it was cool enough. Like they were, they were just hard enough, like you said, to make it a pretty cool course and a pretty interesting round. And actually it, it's funny. Cause for just like a regular, I don't think it's municipal, but like a, just like a regular run of the mill public golf course. Um, there was like just enough like slope and ridges and stuff like that in the greens, but it was never like impossible to get the ball to, to the cup. So it's like, it's, it's strange. Cause sometimes you get like these ridges and you just know you can't stop it. Yeah. Well, so, I was like at Saratoga national, the greens were like fucking lightning, but they weren't that much faster than you crest. They were, they were a little faster, but yeah. um, like, again, they weren't crazy. Yeah. It was well. There was a couple at, at Saratoga National that I remember, like, so that's probably barely the slopes, barely like tapping it, and it was like eight feet past the hole. Right. That's where slope comes into play, though, because right. if we're talking like flat putt versus flat putt, right? I didn't maybe like half a foot, yeah, or so, yeah. But that's where that's the where stimp the meter. Comes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what do you think they were stimping at? Um, I fucking hate stim talk. Um, but it's the, it's the slope. So it's like when you're putting downhill, it's like, yeah, good fucking luck. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, somehow it blended to be a course where it's like, there were ridges and shit to think about, but like it, it wasn't anything too fucking crazy. So I don't know how that happened. Yeah. It made it fun. So like what I said to everyone too, was like, I got two totally different experiences but both of them were were still cool right like i got absolutely fucking bent over backwards at saratoga national but like it was a really fucking cool course to play (laughs) on and like in hindsight my my expectations should have been significantly lower it's i went into that round and i said that to you too i went into that round like pretty confident in my game like i had been playing really well and then it just completely fell apart like i said i lost 10 fucking balls like it was just bad like it went south pretty quick and then obviously the mental aspect comes into it so like it was like that's what i mean like thursday i didn't play play well but the experience was really fucking cool and then friday like the course obviously wasn't as nice, but like I played a lot fucking better and played really well. So that was fun. You know, like they were both fun in different ways. I, I can just assure you that the nicer, more exclusive, more expensive, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. In my experience, outside of a couple, the more elite the golf course, the fucking harder it gets. Yeah. And so far for me, that's every fucking time. Yeah. Now, sometimes it's a Saratoga National situation where it's very targety, tons of hazards, whatever. Or sometimes it's a myopia hunt issue where it's like, hey, here's a blind shot. And if you don't put it in the right spot, you'll never find that ball. It's like, great, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, how's a 230-yard par three sound? Good. And three holes later, how's a 235-yard par four sound? It's like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> like, why is this place the biggest mind fuck ever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's like like the events I play the harder the the nicer or more elite or whatever the course the harder right. it's been every fucking time right yeah now there there'll obviously be some exceptions in why a golf course is hard versus why it's not is always different um 
So like, like, like at Harmon, Harmon's hard, but that's because it's short and there's nowhere to miss. Like you right. cannot miss, right. but if you can keep the ball in front of you, not a hard golf course. So like, that's like a fringe one that probably doesn't fit my rule, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for like my events, like my if myopia and Juana Moise are the two nicest courses, well, they're also the two hardest courses I'll play this year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, so oh, what, what was the one I played up in Topsfield? F, uh, F, uh, F, uh, Ferncroft. Ferncroft. That was fuck, that was fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was gonna say, where does Saratoga National rank? Is it like top five, hardest, right, so top I, ten? Because I, I know you've played a lot of yeah. So without I getting to the like the nitty gritty. So I I really really don't want this to sound disparaging, but it's not high on my nice or hard golf courses. Now, that is only because of my scale, right? Right. So if I try to make all things equal, um, I think it's harder than either Pine Hills course. Conditions are so I would say conditions are similar to either Pine Hills course, Newport National, Granite Links, and do I have another kind of in that realm? I've still never played Granite Links. Don't. Um, yeah. It's not. Fucking- Isn't it like two hundred bucks? Dude, it's it's. I'll get. To, give me, give me a second. Yeah, I'll get. I'll get to Granite Links just yeah. so we're all fucking clear. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I thought it was harder than either Pine Hills and Newport National, even though I don't remember much. They all the conditions are very very similar. Um, I'm trying to fucking think. Did I? Where the fuck? Else? I don't. I'm trying to. I off the top of my head, I can't think of what else would be in that sort of realm. Um, because it's almost like resort courses, like. I haven't been to Ocean's Edge down the Cape, so I feel like that would be similar. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, Savannah, Savannah. It rem- oh, it's, okay. It's similar conditions to Savannah as well. That's another resort course. Yeah. Um, so it's like kind of in that all that like touristy daily fee upper like premier daily fee like all like very it's it's very on par with all of those. Right. Um, layout wise. I thought I thought it was good layout wise. Like I thought like looking back on some of the holes was pretty cool. Like from the T ball, like, I, I don't know. Sometimes you got to do that to like, like when you look back on holes, sometimes they look a lot different or better. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. And I don't know why I like noticed that. I don't know. Cause sometimes from the T it just looks dumb and maybe it's yeah. cause you're hitting the T shot. So all you see is the landing area. Or, or so this was, this was like some of the mental golf type stuff. Like all I see is the trouble. Right. Right. I have to like, I have to rein that in, but then it's like when I'm after the whole looking back and it's like, Oh wow, this is like really cool and whatever. Um, I thought layout was pretty cool. I thought there was enough shots. I thought by doing the GPSing, like, you know, I hit a few five irons off tees. I hit a few six irons off tees. Like I hit a few drivers. So it's like, if you want like club variety, it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, difficulty. If we're comparing apples to apples, it was probably as hard. It was probably as hard as Granite Links, but I also think Granite Links is fucking stupid. 
Um, <laughs> I think it was harder than either Pine Hills or Newport National or Savannah. Savannah Harbor. The club is Savannah Harbor. That's what we played. Yeah. So I thought it was harder than those four. And it's probably equal to Granite Links. Why I don't like Granite Links. And now maybe, I don't know, maybe I got a GPS that place and I haven't played there in a while. I don't know if I'm playing this October. It's unclear. I thought I was, but I'm not sure now. Um, if I do go back, I will be GPSing it and seeing if there's something I'm missing, but it felt like play every time. It, so Granite Links felt like every time I played from, you know, whatever my yardage appropriate yardage is, it felt like all of the long holes played slightly uphill, slightly blind with the wind in the face. And all the short hills, or short holes played downhill, maybe downwind. Um, but you could at least see everything. Yeah. So it's like, who, how, how did this happen in this layout where <laughs> the hard holes in the trouble in the length, they're all uphill and blind. Now I've only played two of the nines and one, I believe, I don't know if they rotate the member nines. I don't know how it works over there. Yeah. Um, but they if anyone's 27. played, but it's 27. So if anyone's played granite links and knows what I'm talking about, there's the one, uh, there's the granite nine, which starts with like, you hit a shot and you can't see, but there's a fucking Canyon that you can hit into if you hit driver. So you got to lay it short, but you don't know that unless someone tells you <laughs> And then there's like a layup spot that's also surrounded by canyons. It's, it's like, it's, it's so fucking weird. This, this yeah. hole it's, and it's the first hole on the granite nine, I believe. Yeah. And then there's the other nine that you have to drive away from the parking lot and pass the driving range. And it runs along the driveway in whatever nine that is. Those are the only two I've played. Um, so you play, like on the on the whatever that other nine is, not the granite, and anyone who's listening will know. Starts with the par five, no problem. Second hole, all carry, par three. I believe it plays over two bills, and I've played it both times with wind in the face. Good. So it's all carry. At best, you leave it in the bunker short of the green. It's like six, and now I got this bunker short, whatever. Yeah. And then all I remember is just like, two of the holes are like uphill blind long, but then it's like shorter holes are downhill or the par threes are downhill. I don't know. So I, I like, I've talked to a lot of people about it and no one, anyone that's played like a few of the courses, like in the state that are like halfway decent, no one seems to like granite legs. It's too goofy. It's really fucking hard. Like you got blind shots, you got wind. It's just a very, very unenjoyable round of golf. And then there's the cost. Yeah. So like for me, you would not like that place. Well, not only that, but like this has nothing to do with golf in general, but this is just me being kind of half retarded. I look at a place being like, if I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay $200 for a round of golf in Quincy. No, I don't think so. Now, <laughs> like, it, it, like, again, yeah, it's that, completely like, unreasonable. It's but up, like, it, I knowing this, the city of Quincy, I'm like, that place kind of sucks. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking pay $200 to play around a golf there. And it, it, I think it's up close up to two bills now. Yeah. When it was a buck 50 on the weekends with a cart in the range, 
Right. I think, I think the range is included. I don't know. I used to play with a kid on the ground screw that we used to work with at CISO. Yeah. Um, so, but now I think it's probably close to two bills and I'm like, again, I, I have access to these places, but I'm going to play privates for less than two bills, right. way nicer courses. Right. Or like right around that $200 range. Yeah. A way better golf course. Right. Right. I think I played a hundred bucks to play Plymouth country club and that is a hell of a lot nicer now. So Plymouth country club is a really fucking hard course and it's nice. And the greens are fucking unbelievable. Like they're so fucking fast and it's like a hundred bucks. It's like, would I rather play there twice or would I rather play granite once? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. and I'd actually rather play Plymouth four times, spend the 400 and not spend the 200 at granite. So yeah, well, I would look at the same like Shaker Hills that I played in uh, Harvard a couple what, weeks 100? ago. It was 88 bucks. Yeah. Like that's probably that, for the money, for the money, that might be the nicest course I played that's under a hundred bucks. So yeah, if we're talking value, that's probably one of the better ones. Yeah. And, and like that in, so like Shaker is like so close to being in that like premier daily fee, but it's like just, just below. Yeah. So it's hard to like replicate those conditions uh, like outside of a private, but even like, and like, don't get me wrong. Like some privates are not that good either. Like, um, was, uh, like, like, so even like my course right now, it's in tough shape, but like you wouldn't come to play at my course and go, wow what great conditions you would be like, okay, this is better than public. I, I, I recognize that. I see that. Right. Um, but then if we went and played, you know, like a, even like a top 200 in the country, you would immediately notice a big difference. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, fuck random links. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, Saturday, we went to the racetrack. Uh, yep. We lost everything and we are absolutely retarded uh, and couldn't figure out how to place bets. Okay. So that um, was fun. Uh, so, so um, the, the way this goes. So, so Nikos drops me off at the racetrack. Yep. So I'm like, all right, let me get in. Let me, let me figure this shit out. So I go over to the machine, to the kiosk, put my money in. And it goes, all right, select track. And there's nothing on the screen. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how the fuck do I select the track? So I'm like, I'm hitting every button. And it just keeps saying missing track, missing track, missing track, missing track. I'm like, what the fuck? So like, I hit the thing, return bounce. I got a voucher, 20 bucks. So that's like about when you guys got there, which now I'm going to make fun of all of you because you guys all showed up to a racetrack without cash. That that was funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, and only because I knew it was gonna, I knew it was gonna happen. But whatever. Yeah. So you go to a racetrack without cash. So now we gotta do the ATM thing. Now, as we're in line for the ATM, and as you guys got there, everyone's like, All right, Bob, like you gotta place bets for me. I'm like, I don't know how to do it. I need help. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh well, what do we do? And I'm like, what like what do we? I'm like, got and then so it's like I'm trying to grab people. I go, can any of you just fucking come over here with me? And like, I couldn't get anyone's attention for more than fucking 15 seconds. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I can't figure this out. It's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And people would walk away from me. I'm like, I know I asked you for fucking help. Like, help me. I can't figure this shit out. So whatever. Eventually, some people wander off. Because the other thing, too, is I didn't want to go to the cashier because I don't know how to place horse bets. I don't know if you do it verbally. I don't know if you need a slip. I don't know the right wordage. I don't know anything. Right. So I don't want to wait in line for a cashier to get there and to not and to like say it wrong and be the fucking asshole at the counter that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. I'm like, right. I know, I know what horse, I know what race, and I know what I want to bet, but I don't know if there's like a right way, wrong way. Like, I don't know. And I'm not right. willing to wait in line and waste everyone's time and get up to the counter and then be like, no, fuck off. Now, yeah. I don't think that's how it went, but that was one of my things. Um, especially because like when you go to the sports book, you're not supposed to walk up there and be like, oh, give me the Spurs minus four. It's like, no, can I get the spread on 130? They punch right. in the 130, the game pops up. Hey, is this correct? Yep, print the slip. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. So I wanted to avoid the wrong way. Right. It happens all the time, inevitably, because they'll be like, oh, give me the Spurs minus four. And the cashier will be like, what's the number? Yeah. And people are like, oh, and they don't know the number. And then everyone in line is sitting there fucking shaking and tweaking. Like they need to get their bets in. And yeah, there's only there's only five more minutes until tip off. Like whatever. It's like, no, give me the under on 58. Yeah. Like, that's it. You just give it or like 10. Right. Or like, give me ten dollars on the under number 58. Yeah. That's and it. I also, and I also knew we had time because the post time wasn't until four 30 and it was like three 45 or something. I don't know. I could be making up times, but yeah, like I knew I had some time. So I'm like, I don't have to go to the cashier. Never mind. A race is about to go off. Cause it's like every 30 minutes. So right. I'm going to be sitting there fumbling around trying to get the fucking eighth and ninth races when six just finished and seven is about to go off. Right. So never mind. Oh yeah. Whatever. So whatever like a couple people walk away and i'm like flipping out and so bill goes i'll just go play stupid so he like wanders around finds some fucking old ass degenerate whatever and bill's just like hey i'm trying to place a bet on a horse i just can't figure out the machines guys like all right all right all right i'll show you so the machine that i was putting money into only it's like the money machine that's all it does right so actually i technically did step one correctly i just didn't know there was a step two yes because you had to go you had to put your money in one machine to get get your slip yep and then you put the slip in another machine and to place your bet bet. yeah you can't you can't place a bet with cash directly into the machine correct so the, the the betting machines don't accept cash and the cash machines don't accept money. Now, this is not clear anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> no. And that's that's the only thing that like, if I was to like really criticize all of the gambling industry, a lot of it's like unwritten rules and word of mouth and old language and stuff like that. Yeah. Like if you literally just put, like, just something put up, up a fucking sign. Like if you put up a sign that said, put cash in this machine. Yeah put vouchers in this machine. I probably yeah. could have figured that out or have like a big sign on the fucking columns. When you walk in that how lays to out place the, a bet that lays out the process. And then you have just signs over the machines that say, 
these are the cash machines. And then on the other side, these are the betting machines. Like you lay out the process on a poster somewhere and yeah. then you just have the signs to, uh, to identify which one, which machines Especially are which. Especially at a track like Saratoga, that's going to attract a ton of tourists. So right. whatever. Right. Cause we weren't the only ones that couldn't figure out. I saw no, a lot of, of a lot of people, a lot of people like, couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. So whatever. Now, had we waited in line for the cashier, and had we decided that we'll, we'll just play stupid, and had we gotten to the counter, the first horse got scratched anyway. Yeah. So I would have been sitting there at the <laughs> cashier after waiting in line, not knowing what I'm talking about, going, "Hey, give me the eight on, give me uh, the eight on eight on race eight. And they're like, "Oh, that horse got scratched." And then I would just sat there like. You just be like, ah, shit, I don't know what to do. I'm like, all right, well, give me the eighth on nine. And it's like, okay. And now it's like, well, what the fuck am I going to bet on eight? Right. So, right. Like having the kiosk and having the screen, it allows me to like do and whatever. Yeah. Plus, horse racing is weird. Like, there's something about a $2 bet that, like, a standard bet in horse racing is like $2. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, if you do a $2 this, this is the payoff. And I'm like, why? why why is this the thing like i just don't get it why is this the thing yeah Yeah. now i understand now sports betting a hundred dollars is the like not base unit but that's how the odd that's how american odds are calculated right but at least a hundred is a easy math number right when you say Horse number one on the exacta pays forty one fifty two on a two dollar bet. It's like, hold on, that's two thousand yeah fifty one dollars per dollar spent. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like what the fuck are we doing? I don't know. I, I don't know. So once we once we figured out how to lose our money, yeah. We, we lost all our money. promptly lost our money, except for Bill. Well, I think Bill still finished. In no, the he negative, didn't end up. He didn't end up. He won. Anything. I think he. I thought he won twenty bucks. Oh, I mean, well, but I like hit, he was still negative on the day. Oh, I was gonna say I hit a bet, but yeah. I didn't win any money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I yeah. I hit so in in the eighth race that I won my eight that got scratched. I picked a random horse to yeah. win and to show. Is show top three? Yes. Yes. Win place show. So I took the horse to win and to show, and it showed. So I took that ticket, put it in the ticket machine, and lost it when number seven on the 10th race didn't win. Finished second, of course. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, um, yeah. I, so I hit a bet at the horse race, but I did not win any money. Yeah. Not and you know, like I come back to it. It's like, oh, I win anything? No, nah, I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. Who the fuck ever goes gambling and more often than not wins? Right, right. How the like that doesn't happen. Yeah. Sports betting, sure, but like going to a casino or a horse track? No, there's like, yeah, people, people just don't understand how I, betting works. But this is people who I also it, bet. Like, yeah. well, like, I say oh, it all oh, really? the time too. Like, like the lights have never turned off on Vegas. I mean, like, yeah, the, and it, the places in Vegas never struggle to pay their bills. Like the the amount of people that go out, like you don't win. 
And it's like, uh, like, again, not to like toot my own horn here, but it's like, I had a winning football season last year. Yeah. But that's over the course of the year. Right. Like, I don't even know how many bets I placed last year. I'd have to go check the action network, but that's over the year. Not like the day I don't bet horses. Yeah. I picked a horse at random and it showed like, yeah. Well, I was like, because my whole, because my, my, my info from the guy that actually handicaps the horses, right. That one got scratched. So here I am (laughs) at a horse race planning to bet the race and I don't have a horse anymore. Yeah. Like we, like we were on a bachelor party and I don't, I don't handicap horses. I just told you I couldn't figure out the machines and like, Oh, you didn't win any money. Yeah. (laughs) I barely figured out how to give it to him. Yeah, I know. It took us a half hour just to figure out how to lose the money. <laughs> oh, that's so. Weird. Oh, that's weird. Then, we didn't win. Yeah. Well, the other thing about Saratoga that I noticed was that the Ubers, the Uber drivers, are the creepiest fucking people in the entire world. Um, I don't think there was one Uber that I was in where I was not like at least uncomfortable for like a couple seconds. So. The one of them, one of them in particular was you ordered it. It yeah, picked it us first. up to go to the track, I think. No, it was the first night to go downtown. Oh, the we first went night to the bourbon room. Yeah. And for anyone that still has no idea how Uber works, um, for safety procedures, they give you the person's name, the like the driver's name that's coming to pick you up. They give you the make, model, and color of the car, and they also give you the license plate. And they also give you a little prompt, like they ping you on the Uber app that says, make sure you check the license plate before you get in the car. And so we had to order two Ubers to get all of us downtown. So you and I get in your Uber and the car that pulls up did not match the description on the car. Um, It was supposed to be like a Hyundai or something. It doesn't matter. It was just a a Mercedes. Um, And then the license plate did not match. Yeah. Black Hyundai with this license plate. How about a green Mercedes with a different license plate? Yeah. So we were like, are you our Uber driver? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And then we get in and he goes, "Uh, oh, you're going downtown, huh? And we're like, Yep, you can see our GPS location. That's where we requested to get dropped off. You, yep, that is that is it. And then uh, he kept talking about like, oh yeah, no, great spot, great spot for uh, for women. Yeah, all the the young. He said young girls at one point, and I was like, whoa, but yeah, dude, stop. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then the window, like the back. So I sat on the driver's side in the back seat. And the window was halfway down and I tried to roll up the window and it was just wouldn't go up. Like it was just broken. Like it was stuck like half down. Like it wouldn't go up, wouldn't go down. Like it was just, it was just open. I believe that was was because it was a German car, right? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I don't know what you guys like to listen to. Like, I don't know how to use this car. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, it's a German car. I don't know. And I'm like immediately, because I didn't pay attention when we first got in and I'm like, is this a Saab? Like is Saab German? Because I know Saabs are known for like being kind of funky inside because the people basically make Saabs airplanes. So like the, it looks like a fucking cockpit, whatever. They're fucking shitty cars. So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like he was the creepiest fucking dude ever. 
And then the guy that picked us up a different time, I forget where we're going. It might've been going to the racetrack, well, to when, the racetrack. Either, either way. When, it reeked of fucking cigarettes. Like well, the dude, say, the dude uh, was wicked fucking creepy. When we went to the bourbon room, I guess the other, the other car had a creepy Uber driver too. Yeah. I, f- I forget what they were saying, but yeah, they said he was a creep as well. Yeah. So it's all fucking creeps uh, that drive Ubers in Saratoga. So, and I said to you, and then when we got out, I said to the rest of the group, I was like, dude, if we were like 10 years younger and women, like we would have been dead. Like our Uber driver would have fucking abducted us and murdered us. I think that's accurate. But, but luckily we're 30 year old males. So we're pieces saying, of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And total pieces of shit. So provide no value. <laughs> I was no, like this. No. Like I was just blown away that every single Uber I was in was fucking a creep, a creepy driver. Not like, oh, well, you're, being, you're sorry. exaggerating a little bit. Like, no, no, no. Like it's like uncomfortable, like to the point of being uncomfortable. Me, me, you and Jones had one good one, but you just don't but remember I don't, that one. I don't remember that one. So yeah. figures that, that was, the one good one we had. I don't even remember. <laughs> you were the fucking weirdo on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have died. No recollection on that at all. But that was the first night where I got way too fucking hammered. And then I threw up everywhere. Well, not go. everywhere. I threw up in the bathroom, but. It's good yep. times. Have a day. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, and then the last little piece about that before we move on to anything else uh, is it was like a fucking Medford High reunion. So that somehow, for some reason, that we knew that in Saratoga. Well, well, just the, was, th- the just the three of them, or well, well there was, was more people Four? than there was more people than I had anticipated to be there. Like I thought so it was, it was what, the group of four of them. I truthfully don't even know, but it was, so it was like Newell and Sartanowitz and then like his little brother. Yeah. Those. Yeah. So it was like the four of them. Who else was there? But it was like Billy and Sonia and Chris green. And I don't know. Oh yeah. I don't know who these there's like, are. there was so many other fucking people that were there. And I was like, this is, this is insane. And I guess there were other people coming that showed up that I, I it was like, whatever. Like they're fine. Like we hung out with them Thursday night and it was all fine. Like we had fun, but I think I said to you guys on, on the Friday, like I'm, I'm not going to go somewhere like just to meet up and hang out with them. Like I want to just kind of hang and have a good time. You know what I mean? Like they're not the attraction to me. Like if they are where we go, fine. Like I'm not, you know what I mean? Like we're we're going to, we're going to do what we want to do. Right. I'm going to do what we like. We're going to do what we want to do. We're not just going to go purposely like follow them wherever they go. So yeah, Medford, uh, Medford high football class of 06 was a strong representation in Saratoga, uh, New York last weekend. (laughs) <laughs> that was the winningest class wasn't it two games uh well while you were in high school yeah my yeah. my senior year was technically the the winningest uh season that we had had in like 15 years yeah because you guys started playing like the school for the blind and malden charter or whatever uh yeah something like that well that was before that was before we dropped divisions but we played mostly the same schools we had played before it's just that the gbl got broken up so like i don't think we played 
I remember the year. I don't know if it was your team, but there was I like a know. there was a game against Newton South one time, and I go, "How the fuck is yeah, Medford they were, High playing?" They were Newton regular. They were regular South. on our schedule. Like that's what I was sitting. But I was sitting there. I'm like, "How the fuck is Medford High playing Newton South?" Yeah, we like, played them what- three out of my four years in high school. We we played them my sophomore, junior, senior year. They lost to Newton South my senior year. Yeah. We got absolutely annihilated by Newton South your senior Gross. year. Yep. We yeah. almost beat them my junior year. And then I think we did beat them my senior year. Yeah. Because my senior year, was- Newton South was the game that Tony Lewis, we thought he fucking died. He got like such a bad concussion that they had to fucking put him on a neck board oh, and like uns- unscrew his face mask from his helmet. Like they couldn't take his helmet off. Like no. it was, they drove the ambulance on the field. Like it was, it was bad, but we beat them. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we replaced them, or we were we replaced Austin Prep with them because we used to play Austin Prep, and we would just get absolutely fucking really. I don't fucked. Well, what I so it's funny. It's like I'm sitting here. I don't remember any of this. It's like I didn't play football. What the fuck do I know? Yeah, I didn't even go. We to the played games. a lot of really goofy teams. We played Bishop Fenwick. Um, because back are you then, sure that are you sure this wasn't all like your junior senior year? Like when when the division dropped? Um, no, it was. I thought I thought we still had the real GBL through 08. Well. Define the real GBL because the original GBL broke up in like 06. That's when it had like Arlington, Winchester, Peabody. My my freshman year of high school is that start that began in 2006. So like the 06, 07 school year was the last time like the real original GBL existed because after that season, like I said, Peabody left, Winchester left, Arlington left. They all, and then it was, then it was like Medford, Malden, Cambridge, Somerville, Everett. Um, fuck. Who else? I think that was it. Yeah. I remember been. when it, I remember, I remember when it dropped to like five teams. Yeah. I think that was my sophomore year. So that but- would have been your senior year. I remember because I also the thing is that thing that's hard is I have to remember hockey because I remember playing Everett Cambridge, some of them Malden, Waltham, Arlington, Peabody, Revere left early, but we still played them. Revere, that was the other team. That's they left, but had. they they left like very early. So that was, I think there were ten teams. I thought there were originally ten teams in the GBL. So it was the the ones I just said, whatever: Medford, Malden, Cambridge, Somerville, Everett. But then it was Revere, Peabody, Winchester, Arlington, and I forget who the tenth one was. Not Melrose. Wakefield? I don't know. I have no idea. But there, the, like I said, the the original GBL had ten teams in it, and it was it only existed my freshman year because I remember playing all of those games my freshman year. I wonder if I can. 
Oh, gross. It's so gross now. So oh, yeah, I think they're D2 or like so D3. The, well, I wouldn't. I, the, the division doesn't matter because even when you guys dropped to D3, like I remember that. Um, that was after I graduated. Oh, it was after you graduated? I thought it was again. Yeah. I, my, no, so we, my were time, still, we were still D1. My timeline sucks. Um, but it was like, oh, Medford drops to division three, but still has Everett on the schedule. It's like, how? Yeah. Like Everett's going to play in the division one Super Bowl against the division three team. And it's cool. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, four. Yeah. So right now it's Chelsea Everett. Lynn Classical, Lynn English, Malden, Malden, Medford, Revere, Somerville. So no Cambridge. Reading. That was the 10th team. Did we used to play Reading? I don't remember. Reading was the 10th team in the, in the GBL. How'd you find that out? Uh, I went on max preps and I looked at the Medford football 2006 schedule. (laughs) So we, that year we played. Winchester, Reading, Waltham, Cambridge, Somerville, BC High, Malden Catholic, Peabody, Everett, Arlington, and Malden. Okay, so we, yeah, because we I was only saying, had two. We had two non non conference games that year. Because I, I was going to say like not not two split hairs because I was trying to figure out who actually was in the GBL. Like I know Winchester wasn't. They had they've never been. So they um, weren't. It was Waltham. Yeah, it was middle. It was, they because they, they were always the middle sex league. I go, how the fuck does it make any goddamn sense yeah. that so then the other five would have been Reading, Waltham, Peabody, Arlington, and Winchester. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Winchester was Middlesex, don't matter. But because yeah. Winchester used to play Woburn, Burlington, they used to play them. Oh, okay. But yeah, we used to play Winchester all the time. We In what sports? Football. Winchester? Yeah. We played them in 06. In regular season? Yeah, we played them in 06. So they were the. They were the first game. Because we the never year. played them in hockey. Well, hockey might have been a little different. They might have had different leagues. It's still the same league, though. We would play the same league games. Yeah. Oh, Revere. Replace Winchester with Revere. So we so in the early, the early days, we opened up the season with a game against the Middlesex League. So in okay. two thousand in two thousand four, we played Woburn. Yeah. In we in week one. Yeah. And then two thousand five and two thousand six, we played Winchester in week okay. one. So you did play Winchester, but I knew they weren't part of the league. Yeah. Because yeah. I never understood why we didn't play them in hockey. Because I remember we did. This was fucking stupid. Their fucking but, rink but was did, in Medford. We did the Winchester. Um, we did like the fucking preseason thing with Winchester. And yeah. then we would play them in week one. Like we yeah. did the fu- like the joint practices, like this yeah. stupid bullshit. Like get the fuck out of here. Because I always, I always thought it was fucking retarded that Winchester played hockey in medford and we did not play them yeah because they played up at flynn right right i'm like how i'm like in what world does this make any fucking sense like and and like growing up hockey's always been stupid because yeah like you play like league and the leagues have ranks whatever so it's like medford versus somerville playing in lawrence it's like awesome (laughs) yeah 
it's like, oh, we got Malden this week. Oh, where are you guys playing? Uh, oh, what was the oh, Merrimack? Like, cool. We couldn't do this closer. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, no, it's uh, the Valley League only has ranks up in, uh, you know, the Merrimack Valley. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Why the fuck are we in this league? Oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yep, the Valley Forum. Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> right off, right off. I think it's right off 195 somewhere. I don't know. I forget. Yeah, the, the fucking football schedules are fucked up now. Like, they don't make any sense. No, because it's like, why would, why would, why would each year, why would the fuck would ever want to continue to play these teams? Yeah. When they could play real teams. Right. And like, even so, like when we had a kid at Zavarian, we went to the Everett at Zavarian game. Like that did not happen when we were in high school. Yeah. But like, and now like CM is good at football and sucks at hockey. It's like, when the fuck did that happen? obviously within the last 16 years, but they also only play eight games in a season. Now we used to play well, 11. That's because the playoff situation is a joke. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause we use, so that's what I mean. So back in the day, like when we were in high school, we played 11 games in a season and we played like mostly league games because the GBL was an actual league back then. Yeah. But now then, they play eight, they play playoffs and try to get it done before Thanksgiving, all games except the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, so apparently the GBL broke up after your senior year because I'm looking at the 07. Do this. I knew the this. <laughs> the, the 07 schedule. We played Waltham and yeah. Arlington, and they're both listed as in league. Yeah. So then if I go to 08, we play, we didn't play Waltham. We didn't play either of those teams. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then my junior and senior year. Things got weird. We were in, a, it was a smaller GBL, but we were still D1 GBL. I don't think they left. I like, I don't think the GBL got disbanded until like, 2015 I think I, I think I saw 17 on Wikipedia but this yeah. doesn't matter yeah yeah so fucking stupid anyway because yeah. it's like it, it was so dumb because in the GBL in football Medford loses every game and then in the GBL in hockey they fucking run the table it's like right right is there any sport where we can maybe be competitive like can can there be any level of parity at all softball <laughs> dude i don't even know if that was the case soccer I, I would maybe soccer i don't know someone would have to tell me but yeah well i think medford used to run the table in soccer at least when we were in high school um well we they had they, a lot of we had a lot of illegals yeah so does somerville and cambridge and everett yeah so that but that's ours why we're I, actually talented <laughs> like there was medford went to medford went far for soccer for like three or four years in a row the one year this was actually really funny. The one year they didn't make it past, I think, like the semifinals and the playoffs or whatever was my senior year. Which was really funny. And it was a really interesting dynamic being in the school when the football team was good and the soccer team was bad. Because it was like, whoa, this is strange. Like people actually care about us and no one's talking about soccer. Because forever, like the soccer team was just nasty. They went to... They won an 03. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were just, they were just always so fucking good. So 
Um, yeah. All right. Well, you want to start wrapping this bitch up? Yeah. Let me, uh, better pull up the, 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 the docs. Pull up the guy. I think I know something that was pissing me off lately. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I believe this to be the case. But is is ham and cheese anything? And I mean anything. And it's got to be, and I mean ham and cheese. Oh, also, when we did play Eagle Crest, I shot three on their first on the par round. I don't think I mentioned that. <laughs> so credit to myself for shooting 69. <clears throat> is nice. there any sandwich, or it's not even just sandwich. Is there anything more overrated than, a, than just straight up ham and cheese anything? I'm thinking ham and cheese omelet, ham and cheese calzone, ham and cheese pizza. I guess that could be. Yeah, yeah. You could just have a ham pizza. Yeah. Ham and cheese sandwiches, wraps, anything. Is there anything more overrated than ham and cheese? Now, part of my logic here is like a turkey and cheese anything like turkey sucks. I think we know that. Yes. So if you get turkey, there's an inherent expectation that it's really not going to be anything special. Now, right. turkey club, no mayo. I could maybe get down with that. A little bit of bacon. Fine. Yeah. But like, if you're going to get turkey, your your levels are are low. Yeah. But like <laughs> yeah. a ham and cheese, anything. It, it's got to be so, so useless. Yeah. Because not only is ham not that much inherently better for you. I know it's kind of lean, but like ham isn't necessarily like healthier for you than any other substitution i mean fucking anything like right right anything so like it would be the so like if you were going to offer me an omelet and i mean like an like don't offer me something fucking stupid i think ham and cheese could be the worst one you could offer me because if i was going to eat an omelet or a scramble well bacon sausage. sausage I mean, any type of sausage, because like, I was gonna yeah. say, oh, kielbasa—that that that is sausage. Ground beef, pancetta, like, like yeah, anything would be better than ham yeah. and cheese. Yep. And then anything that is ham and cheese is the worst version of the ham and cheese. So introduce the Cuban sandwich, which is ham, pork, cheese, and I think pickles, pickles and yeah. mustard or something. Yeah. So you could argue, oh, that's a type of ham and cheese. Yeah, well, it's fucking significantly better than the other one. It's way better. Ham and cheese calzone. Awful. I would like give me an Italian or just substitute the fucking ham for fucking anything. I'd rather eat a bacon and cheese calzone as fucking weird as that would be. Yeah, same. Like, like, just get rid of ham, like. Get yeah. rid of it. The the only instance where the ham and cheese combination I think is good, and I'll throw an asterisk in here because it's not solely ham and cheese, is a chicken cordon bleu, which is chicken stuffed with ham and cheese, and it's usually breaded. So like those are okay. Still not the not yeah, the I best don't thing. I never I never sit down at the end of the day and be like, wow, I could really go for chicken cordon bleu. But if someone makes it for me, I'll be like, all right, yeah, it's not that bad. It's a ham and cheese, but it's not just ham and cheese. You know what I mean? Like so it's I breaded, guess, it's in chicken, it's yeah, it's a so stuffed I, chicken breast, essentially. 
yeah, so I guess that would fit more like the Cuban situation, yeah, though. Yeah. Because it's not just like a ham and cheese flavored whatever. Right, right. It's like a Hawaiian pizza is not a ham and cheese pizza. It's a Hawaiian pizza. Right. So it's right. like ham and cheese are not necessarily bad things. Right. But when choosing the option of food, I think ham and cheese is probably nine times out of 10, the worst combination of whatever you could do that with. Again, pizza, sandwich, calzone, omelet. Right. I don't know what else you would do. And in the, in the, along the same ilk, uh, if you will, the Monte Cristo, which is like a breakfast thing, but it's French, it's French toast. It's essentially stuffed French toast. It's like, is that what it is? Basically. Or is it, or is it like piece of French toast? Ham and, and cheese, cheese and then the French, French toast, toast. and yeah. then you uh, like um, grill it in the pan or something. I don't know. I never got yeah. one. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. Why would I want that? A French, yeah. a French toast ham and cheese. Yeah. But again, some people enjoy it, but like, it's fine. I've had them before. I think when they're done correctly, I think they're enjoyable. That's fine. So that seems weird to me. Um, because I think ham, I think French toast, I'm thinking like, um, like sweet and whatever. It doesn't like have do, to be. No, some, like, people, some people put maple syrup on it, but other people don't. On the sandwich? Yeah. Oh, gross. Dude, there's people that are fucking serial killers that exist. <sighs> yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, no. But some I, I guess, so I, I guess in particular. I haven't had one in years, to be honest, I but I have, I, would, ha- I have had them before. I don't know where I would put a Monte Cristo because, because it's like, I guess that might stand alone too, because there's no such thing as like a bacon Monte Cristo, is there? I don't think so. No, no. Cause it's just like its own thing, like a chicken yeah. cordon bleu or a um, Cuban or a Cuban. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, you if you want to get technical, you could throw Well, in the other category, a Reuben. Because isn't pastrami just ham? It's cured ham. No, pastrami is uh, brisket. It's oh, okay. it's 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 um, brisket, corned beef, and pastrami all come from the same cut. It's how it's cured. Okay. Um, and prepared, I believe. All right. Because I believe, I believe prosciutto it, is cured ham. That's what it prosciutto is. is cured ham. Yeah, that's. I knew there was something that that was. Uh, a higher level of ham. <laughs> yes. It's also a different ham. Yeah. I'm also talking like standard ham. Cause if you have like Serrano ham or prosciutto or whatever also, but I like, I don't want like a prosciutto and provolone sandwich alone. Like it's, it needs no. some more like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like some of those other, but, but like, so if it's prosciutto, like that's a little different. I'm talking standard ham, right? Like black forest. Yep. Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Mm, a nice honey ham on white. Yeah. <laughs> you break out the wonder bread and the fucking yellow mustard. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right. Um I was gonna do the whole student loan thing, but that's that gonna might, that that's gonna take, take way time. too long. So I'm gonna pivot with my final thought. Um and I'm gonna say that the um, the PGA Tour has turned around and made some significant changes to its game. 
and I saw this one tweet the other day that was, um, you know, the, the meme that goes around and it's Thanos and it said like, you know, it's, it's the, did you achieve what you wanted? And he says, yes. And then it's Gamora as a child. And it said, what did it cost? Everything. And then it's Thanos and says everything. It was that, but it said Phil Mickelson <laughs> and like the live tour, whatever, and the PGA. And it was like, did you achieve what you wanted? And it was yes. And then it's what it, what did it cost? And it's just Phil like sad. So it's, the PGA tour has made some significant changes to its game. It announced that it's going to have a, what is it? 15 or 20 events that are increased um, purses. It's going to not, not require, I don't think, but it's going to have all of the top guys. Um, I think it's a requirement. Okay. So it's a requirement for what the top 40 or top 30, whatever. I don't know what the top, I don't know what the, entrance requirements are like who's going to play yeah but i think it's one of those things like if you're whatever level you're playing like you play 15 events a year so you got four majors uh eight the players yeah it's like four majors the players the memorial maybe one one other event Eight. Oh, no, no. So it's the four majors and the players. That's five. Eight yep. of these like high level events. Mm-hmm. And then two other additional events. You pick whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. And so you play 15 and the purses are crazy. And yeah. So whatever. the purses are super high. They've also changed their structure for regular season events um missed cuts now you're going to get five thousand dollars uh so currently as it stands if you miss a cut in the pga you get nothing nothing. and you so you actually lose money you actually lose money because you have to pay to get there and to stay there pay your caddy right right so right now in the pga you miss a cut you get nothing if you miss a cut um after these changes you at least get five thousand dollars um, that's theoretically supposed to cover your travel. Um, and they also, I saw, I didn't read too much into it, but they're starting a stipend program. Not a stipend. Assist. You have a, a, a minimum earnings. So okay, you are guaranteed half a million dollars a year. Okay. Now, what you earn goes against that. Right. And if you don't earn up to your 500, they will pay you the difference. Right. So now if you get your tour card, you're getting half a million, whether you earn it or not. Right. Now, if you don't earn your half a million, you're probably going to the corn ferry. So you probably want to go ahead and earn that. Right. But, um, you know, between your miscut and your half a million, you know, it start it, it. You know, it doesn't do a ton, but like it starts to kind of cut into all those expenses because you know it's about three hundred thousand a year to just to play, right? Um. So, you know, if you're like if you spend three hundred and you're guaranteed five hundred, at least you made two hundred thousand, even if you right. had a shitty year, right? Right. So, 
Yeah. So um, it does, it does help those guys that are kicking around the bottom, you know? Yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, I'm actually surprised that all of this came out. I'm also surprised that they can keep their nonprofit status and do these things. Um, that didn't seem like it was I, possible. I saw the rumors that they were kicking around relinquishing their nonprofit status. So then they could receive more money from sponsors. Yeah. So um, for all of my gripes about the PGA tour and for my pro, I don't know, like pro choice, yeah. <laughs> it's not really like a, like the reason why I like, I didn't hate live right away was because the PGA tour dicks their players around. Right. Correct. Yeah. And I'll, like, we'd have to go back and I'd have to, whatever my main gripes with the PGA tour. I don't know, three out of four, four out of five, like almost all of them got addressed. Yeah. So now it's going to be very interesting. Cause I, again, I really want to see what the structure is, but now they actually did the players and the fans a solid. So now if I tune in to watch the fucking Arnold Palmer, right. Chances are, I'm going to see good players. Right. Right. And the Honda is going to, yeah. And if, and if I want to watch, um, now the Barracuda is probably still going to suck. It's going to be awful. So, but (laughs) like, if I want to watch those events, I know no one's playing. Right. But if I want to watch a good event, I know good players are playing. So like for, for a fan perspective, they did the fans a solid. Yeah. They also built in like, so obviously those top guys will be fine, but there is like a little bit of relegation involved. You don't play well. You don't get into those good events anymore. So you got to play like just good enough to stay up there. Right. And whatever. So they expanded the PIP program too. It's not going to be the top 10. It's going to be the top 20. I could give a flying fuck less about that. Yeah. Cause those guys are already the, they're already making, they're already the best, the best. Like, so the, so I think the two things that didn't get addressed, um, that I still think is fucking, chicken shit from the PGA tour is the fact that they are a nonprofit that is fucking comical still. Right. They they profit more than they donate to charity. So, Oh, for sure. On a tax return. So yeah, you can pull that up. That actually, it's it's, it's public knowledge. That's a fact. Yeah. We looked at that before. I think. Yeah. I forget what year it was, but whatever year tax return is public. Yeah. They don't, they profited more than they donated to charity as a nonprofit. So, right that shit still pisses me off, but I care a little bit less now because they are doing right by their members. Right. Whereas before I felt as though they weren't doing right by their members. Now they are. So right. Right. now I care a little bit less about the nonprofit status. Right. Like if you're going to do bullshit stuff and still take care of your members, like I, it's right. whatever. And now, but if you're going to do bullshit stuff and not take care of your members, right, well, right. you're just a piece of shit. And that's in, so that was one of my things was like, well, they shouldn't be like, you shouldn't blackball the players if you're going to call them independent contractors. And it's like, well, now they're not really independent contractors. It's going to be like that in title. Right. Right. But you know, there is a minimum to make and you're covering miscut expenses. I'm good with that. Like I really, I actually really am. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I don't like is players don't have their own media rights. So if, you know, one of them wants to have a YouTube channel. They can't do it. If one of them wants to post, or I guess they could have a YouTube channel, but it just can't be at a PGA tour event. Yeah. 
So you're going to ask these guys to play all these events and then no, no, you can have, you can, you can do whatever you want media wise, but like, why the fuck, if someone holds out from the fairway, why can't they post that on their own social media that like un untethered to the PGA tour? Like, I still think that's bullshit, but like, yeah. What do I really care about that? I don't really care. Yeah. Same. That's just like a minor annoyance. Yeah. So that's, I, I would be on the same, same page as you that the gripes that are left really aren't that big a deal anymore they're almost like, like they've semantics. handled they've handled the big problems yeah and they they haven't handled the little problems there's but a like lot they're little problems so there's fun. a lot of bullshit nonprofits out there there really are like uh, i yeah, know you mean i the, know the that. nfl uh they 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 gave theirs up oh, uh, a little while back ah because making 10 billion dollars a year <laughs> yeah no they kind of they, they, gets they hard gave, to hide behind a nonprofit. Status. they gave theirs up a while ago yeah. so no there's a lot of bullshit um nonprofits and whatever so it's like trust me the pj tour is not the only one doing what they're doing um but if you're going to dick your people around too that's a right. problem to me right and again now it's like okay well again like the media rights it's like how much more like first of all how much more are you going to make with media rights like what are you going to yeah. do like how much more yeah. money do you think you're going to make or well, whatever and it's like show up to our tournaments that are now bolstered ball out you'll make plenty of endorsement money because that's all it, that's all it would do is endorsement money right they're right. not going to make any more ca- what what they're going to get fucking youtube views yeah oh i got a million views at fucking 0.05 cents per click like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow <laughs> an extra 200 dollars this month imagine yeah. that yeah yeah <laughs> so. all right well that is uh that is it. That's gonna do it for us. Uh I got golf to play soon. I think I have a 240 tea time. Uh so I'll do that and then I'll be by. I gotta obviously I'm just gonna yeah, play I'm gonna, nine. I'm gonna get then, stuck uh, on the smoker. I'm playing nine and then I'll come back shower and then I'll uh, head up your way. So uh thanks for watching. Uh if you're on YouTube, don't forget, give us a thumbs up, like, rate, review, subscribe, tell everybody you know about the show, share the word, spread the word, share the love, all that, whatever I'm trying to say. Uh, if you're an audio only guy, don't forget to subscribe over there too. Also tell everybody, you know, leave us a review. Uh, if you're on Spotify or iTunes, you can do that. Now you can do the reviews. Five stars would be, you know, the minimum. Uh, and then, uh, you can get us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod. We're on Twitter at sarcasm underscore speaks. The Facebook is sarcasm speaks. Uh, shout out to mybookie.com. Uh, use the promo code sarcasm pod when you sign up to double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. Thank you to grillyourassoff.com. Uh, use the same promo code sarcasm pod to save 10% off your order every single time you check out over there. And I think that's all of it. So next time, until next time, goodbye, everybody.